We've all been hurt. We all carry scars. We can all overcome these things and be healed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's build that relationship together right here. Welcome to Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. Hey everybody, welcome back to the sanctuary. So, as we begin this week, I'd like to take a moment to say thank you all. You know, to to those who are new and to those that have been with us for, you know, some time, you know, even those going back before we even started the podcast, you know, thank you. Uh, you know, we've we've been hitting milestones over the, the last six months since we've been going and we've hit some more. Um, you know, we, we actually hit our six month mark. We're coming up on our seventh month mark very quickly. You know, and in that time, we've released a new episode every single Friday, some weeks, more than one episode. Also, if you didn't already know, we're finally YouTube official. You know, um, it, it took us, you know, about a week to, to complete getting all the episodes up there. Uh, however, in addition to the many streaming services that, you know, we're already on and there are a lot, uh, you know, we're also on YouTube and we're on YouTube music. So regardless of where you listen to us, uh, you know, make sure that you give us a like, rate us if you can, uh, subscribe, and of course share. Sharing's important. And, and yes, the likes and the good ratings uh, on the various services, they make a difference uh, because they, they tell the algorithms to push us out there so we can reach more people, you know, and, and we definitely, we depend on you, uh, you know, for that, um, you know, so for those of you who do, thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much. You know, and um, just so you know, once we find a video format, um, you know, that we like, well, really a system that we like and feel everything is up to par, uh, you'll start seeing videos posted there on YouTube uh, as well. Um, you know, we're not quite there yet, but we're working on it. Um, that's, that, that is in the works. You know, I've been promising for a while, but we're, we're getting closer all the time. Um, and also, uh, we're, we're also looking at Rumble. So when it goes, uh, you know, live on YouTube, it'll be going live on Rumble um, as well as far as, you know, having video. So not only do you have to, you know, not only will you be able to listen to me, um, you'll be able to see me. So, um, again, you know, we're not quite there yet, but it is in the works slowly, but surely, like I said, this six, this last six months, um, things have just been sailing. So thank you all. Um, and, and with that said, let's actually get into, uh, this week's study. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago, we were looking at third John as we looked at poor leadership, both in and outside of the church. Uh, and as I promised, we'd be making our way back around to second John. We wouldn't neglect it. Well, this is the week. Uh, we're also continuing our way through the least preached books in the Bible, which also happen to be primarily the shortest books in the Bible. You know, and that's that's definitely been a theme uh, this, these last six months. So, Second um, John is no exception. Uh, it happens to actually be the second shortest book in the Bible. Uh, and of course, you know, it was written by the Apostle John um, while, you know, while in Ephesus and around the same time as 1 John. So approximately uh, 85 to 90 AD, you know, and as, as we're going to see here, it's addressed to a chosen lady and her children, most likely, you know, um, at a local church that John was overseeing, um, you know, and, and it speaks to, to, to um, you know, truth and love 
And it also serves as a warning against false teachers. So it's another small package that's just absolutely loaded to the brim with dynamite. You know, it's a small package, pack a big bang, and this one, boy, does it have it. So, you know, at, at, the, at the time it was written, it was written, you know, to this lady. Uh, however, it has meaning not just for her, um, but for all Christians around the world. Because, you know, it, like I said, it's, it wasn't just to a single person in her family, but to the body of Christ as a whole. So, and as believers, we are part of that body. Um, so, again, truth and love are are the themes that are we're going to see in here. And, and you know, really, you know, when you think about it, those those are some words that almost seem like an oxymoron anymore. You know, in today's world, don't they? You know, you look at social media, you look at marketers, journalists, broadcasters, politicians, and then some. And, and you know, and People today they like to they like to take these these two things and and they, they twist these words, you know, in, in an effort to either you know improve stature or sell more stuff, sell themselves in one format or another. You know, we watch people, and, and we know that we're being lied to. We we really do. We know we're being lied to. Um, you know, the news pushes one agenda or another is you know is a great example, and, and they do it without regard for what the actual truth is, so long as it fits their narrative. And we'll come back to that because it's the whole you know that that's your truth thing. We'll we'll talk about that here later on. Um, but you know, the especially with like you know broadcasting and, and journalism and you know the news, they push out an agenda, and if they get caught. And something that's too bad, you know, or like, you know, it's like, really, dude, come on. They, you know, all they have to do is make a quick retraction and drive on and and pretend it was a simple mistake. And for the most part, generally, people don't care. Once in a while, something will happen, but it's really rare. Retractions, you know, when you look at newspapers and stuff, if they even happen anymore, you know, they're, they're ignored. Um, you know, and the vast majority of the time they just truck on and it's like, okay, whatever. And, and you know, it becomes very, it's a, it's a very divisive tool. And, and, you know, when you think about it, we've even come to see that reality TV is more scripted than professional wrestling. Right? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's more scripted than, you know, these wrestlers going out and cutting their promos and doing their things. And we know that's fake. You know, songs. Cards, books, shows, movies, and, and on and all. You know, they popularize things as being romantic. But really, when you look at it, what is it? It's lust, it's smut with the fake label on it. You know, it's done to look all pretty and stuck out there. You know, that's not love, people. It's not. You know, true love, it, 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 even that seems almost fleeting, you know, in today's world, today's society. You know, what what is love? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. It's selflessness. It's giving it's sharing and dying. Yes, dying. Jesus died for us in the ultimate sacrifice, you know, to get, to give one's life. Um, you know, even beyond that, you talk to uh, a military veteran or even a first responder who spent any time in the field. Um, you know, th- these are the people that are the hardest to reach because they have these, you know, gigantic walls built up around them trying to protect themselves because of all the sacrifices that they've seen, you know, trying to protect their, their fellow man or even made 
to try to protect their fellow man, you know, from all the evil, vile, disgusting, horrible things that they've seen out there. You know, even, even you know, I could speak to this. I could speak volumes because, you know, I, I was that guy for a really, really long time. You know, um, you know, I, I've, I've said this before, you know, and there's, I, I can point, point out people. Matter of fact, even a Pastor Tim, just a few weeks ago when I was down in Silver City, was speaking to it and called out on it. You know, when we first met, because uh, you know he was the, the children's pastor at that church, and I spent you know a good couple of years up in the loft by myself, kind of just tucked away and hiding from people when I was trying to reconnect with God. You know, so I mean, I, you know, a lot of us go through that, um, and, and everything you know that the world promotes, it is the total opposite, like a total one hundred eighty degrees from what Jesus values. You know, and John, he knew this. He knew this because he knew Jesus and he saw exactly what the truth and love are in the flesh in Jesus. You know, we and we can see this in everything he wrote. Everything he wrote because these themes were so ingrained in him from that time they were a part of him. They were very important to him. So while it only takes us a few minutes to go through this letter. We'll see these themes. And not only will we see them, but we're going to find that there is a lot to unpack as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, um, go ahead and join me now. Like I said, we're going, to, we're going into 2 John now. So 2 John verses 1 through 4. So 2 John verses 1 through 4. Uh, for those of you who follow along in your Bible and those of you who take notes, uh, and, you know, the, and the Bible says, the elder to the chosen lady, I'm excuse me, to the lady chosen by God and to her children, whom I love in the truth. And not only I, but also all who know the truth because of the truth, which lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son will be with us in truth and love. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth just as the Father commanded us. So just you know just like third john it starts in its address, you know its address you know it, it says the elder referring to john and his authority as being you know one of jesus's disciples and, and we also see in the first couple of verses that it clearly says but all who know the truth meaning all believers in christ okay um, and that's that's what it's referring to is all the believers in Christ, you, you me, you know, all Christians. Um, so there's a, there's a, a lot of really good things here. You know, it even points out, you know, to find um, to find some of your children walking the truth. Because you know that that is a beautiful thing. That means that you know the gospel's being put out there, and and children are being raised up properly. Um, you know, we could learn a lot from that today, couldn't we? So um, if you look at John. Uh, eight chapter eight verses uh, thirty one through thirty two. Jesus said, "If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." Um, you know, we also find that this greeting parallels, um, you know, greeting one another in love. 
uh, which we also see in Romans 16. If you want to refer back to that, you'll actually see, you know, quite the list of, uh, you know, greeting there, which is, it's really a beautiful thing. And, and when we, when we turn and we, you know, we dive in a little deeper, the truth also refers to the truth of Jesus in opposition to what false teachers uh, were telling people at that day. If you were to go back to 1 John uh, chapter 2, verses 21 through 23, the Bible says, I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So you see, just like today, there were those who would proclaim their faith in God, but still deny Jesus. They would still deny Jesus. You know, so it's like, it's like, how do you have that? You know, because we know that Jesus is the Son of God, denying Him is to deny God showing Himself to the world. And when we find false teaching, we have an obligation to expose it so that, you know, those who are, you know, those weak believers, those who just truly don't know, we don't want to risk them falling into this trap and being influenced you know by the by these you know false teachers it, it's it's not a matter of well that's your truth like i mentioned earlier you know that in itself is a lie it's a lie the bible is god's truth to twist it or to deny any part of it is to deny god and to perpetuate lies to empower Satan, essentially, you know. So, like I said, it's the, the whole. Well, that's your truth. This is mine. Whatever. No, that's garbage. That's what people tell themselves because they're not trying to convince you with that part. They're trying to convince themselves that that their their lies and their heresy, their blasphemy, is is the right thing, when it's clearly not. Uh, going back to Second John, uh, John actually refers to the truth. Five times in the first four voice, uh, excuse me, first four verses, uh, you know, um, and he declares it as being just absolute. And God Himself, God provides the ultimate example because He is true. His word is true. His promises are true. We know this because He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And anything, anything that contradicts that fact or opposes him, that is just dangerous. It's dangerous. See, this is why as Christians, we've all been given the Great Commission. You know, it's not just the job of the man in the pulpit. It's on all of us as believers, you know, in in, in Jesus. Pastors, leaders, teachers... I'll emphasize that one because you know our our, our government's done a and in in certain parts of our culture have done a great job of trying to push God out, um, you know. But our, our our teachers, parents, 
You know, there's a lot of parents out there that are, that are scared to death to even try. And it's like, no, you need to step up. You know, um, even with our friends, you know, it's it's on all of us to take up our positions in the battle against evil. We need to engage the enemy and take the fight to the enemy. Because make no mistake, we are all at war against the forces of Satan. Not only to protect, but to proclaim the truth to the world. To proclaim the gospel for all to hear. You know, we've we've all heard that 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 old saying. You know that all is all that's required for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. You know, and, and really we need to ch- we should change this. You know, especially for today's world because every you know him, her, and all that. And uh, you know, everybody trying to pit everything against each other. You know, um, you know. Let, let me make it clear: all that's required for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. So you can take all the rest of that garbage and get rid of it because good people, period. You know, and, and how about I put it to you um, another way uh, that I know you've all heard me say many times before, and guess what? You're going to hear it again and several times later on. You can do just as much harm through your inaction as you can through your action. So teach everyone you can about Jesus and his truth. Don't worry about, you know, the, oh, you can't do that. You know what? God said you can. God has told us to do it. So, you know, not only that, if something seems wrong, look it up for yourself. Don't just take my word. Don't take anyone else's word without looking at it for yourself. Because guess what? We're all human. Sometimes we make mistakes. And mistakes are okay. They're all right. You know, because... With that, when we reach out in love, we can correct with one another, and we, you know, we can correct one another, and we can learn from our mistakes. What we cannot tolerate, though, and what we should not, but do way too often, is to tolerate malicious deception. All right, that that is a problem. Uh, continuing on in Second uh, John verses five through six, the Bible says, and now. Dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. (coughs) Oh, man. I just love this, don't you? I do. I love this. You know, it, 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 because, you know, not just in, in the conflicts that we have in our lives or, you know, whatever battles we're at, whatever war, even in a spiritual war where we are fighting against, you know, the, you know, the, the darkness and the evil that's out there, we're reminded of one of the oldest commandments, which is to love one another. And it actually goes way, way back um, to Moses' third book. So if you were to go all the way back to the front of your Bible and turn to Leviticus, you'd find it in chapter 19, verse 18. So Leviticus 19, verse 18, uh, the Bible says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor 
as yourself. I am the Lord. And if you go forward to Matthew uh, chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. So Matthew 22, uh, 36 through 40, the Bible says, uh, and, and this is a, you know where, where Jesus is being asked and he responds. All right, so teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So, and there's just, there's a lot there, but the bottom line is love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, I, I really love, uh, you know, here in Leviticus where it says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge. You know, because that, that's something we, that's a trap we all fall into way, way too often. You know, people get angry and you look at how many people are estranged from parents and children, you know, and other, other relatives anymore. You know, and they're just so angry and bitter. You bring it up and they're like, oh, that piece of dirt, you know. So, you know, love your, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, why is this important? Well, the answer is actually really easy uh, to, to find if you think about it. You see, if you follow these commands, you know, love, love, you know, your God and, the, you know, with all your heart, mind, spirit and all, you know, and then love your neighbors, you love yourself. If you follow these commands, you're going to find yourself following all the other commandments because these two commandments, they don't just summarize the Ten Commandments. They they actually go on, they, they summarize all. All of the Old Testament laws as well. And and it's not just about knowing them. You know, I mean anyone anyone can memorize a few words. Anybody can. You know, uh we've all done it at some point. We've had to, right? Um, you know, we need to act on them as well and put them into action. You know, you, you can't just talk the talk you have to walk the walk you know there, there's so many ways out there that we can show our love to our fellow man and, and john saying this is a reminder of just that to remind us to act in fairness without prejudice to act without discrimination you know that that we need to be servant leaders servant leaders you know who 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 listen and help you know that, that we give of ourselves you know that we allow God's light to shine through everything we do it's important that we put God first so that he can shine through us and shine through everything that we do you know in in, in any kind of warfare you know your battles your turmoils you know because we all go through these things in life it, it's so so easy to just get wrapped up in the in the passion of the moment and to give in to the hate and the discontent that we're feeling, you know, and just lash out, you know, in 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 that anger that that creeps up and swells up in us, you know, we 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 stop controlling our mouths at a certain point, 
And, and I'm sure most of us know that the whole thing, you know, the whole quote from Star Wars, you know, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. And, and even though that comes from a fictional story, it still holds true. Because when we act in anger, we don't care about those that we're upset with at that moment. Matter of fact, that's that's the least thing in our mind. We tend to act without love because we're more concerned with being right than we are about the person. And that leads us into sin. And it builds and it builds and it festers because we don't know when to shut our mouths. You know, uh, I'd like to share a fable with you. And some of you may have heard this before over the years. You know, I I know I've shared it at least a couple times myself. Um, Unfortunately, I don't know who the author is to give credit to it. You know, I I wish I did. I'd be more than happy to. Uh, But this is something that's been out there for a long time. And there's a few different takes on it. So um, I'm just going to go into it. So there there was a, a donkey and there was a tiger. And the donkey said to the tiger, the grass is blue. The tiger replied, No, it isn't. The grass is green. And the discussion heated up. You know, the, these two, they, they started arguing and going back and forth. So they decided to submit to arbitration. And to do this, they had to go before the lion, the king of the jungle. All right? So... As they're going up, before they even reach the forest clearing where the lion was sitting upon his throne, uh, you know, the donkey knew he was there, so he begins to shout, His Highness, His Highness, isn't it true that the grass is blue? And the lion replied, True, the grass is blue. And so... You know, the donkey, he, he, he kept running up and, you know, he's getting excited at this point. So he's continuing on, you know, and, and he's saying, well, the tiger, he disagrees with me and, and he's contradicting me and he and he's annoying me. Please, please punish him. So the king then declared, the tiger will be punished with five years of silence. And at this point, the donkey, I mean, he's just ecstatic. He is through the roof happy, and, you know. So he turns and he goes on his way, and, you know, he's, he's, he's happy with the, with, with the outcome. And so he just keeps repeating and telling everyone he can, the grass is blue, the grass is blue, the grass is blue. And, and you know, the tiger, he accepts his punishment. But before the punishment commences, he asks the lion, your majesty, why have you punished me? After all, we know the grass is green. And the lion replies, You know, in fact, the grass is green. And the tiger asks again, So why are you punishing me? The lion tells him, It has nothing to do with the question of whether the grass is blue or whether it's green. The punishment is because it is not possible for a brave and intelligent creature like you to waste time arguing with a donkey. And not only that, you bring this nonsense to me and bother me 
with that stupid question. You see, the worst waste of time is arguing with a fool and a fanatic who doesn't care one iota about what the truth is, but only of what his beliefs are and what their illusions are. Don't waste your time on these petty arguments. See, there's there's people who no matter how much evidence you present to them, how much you you know you show them, they don't even have the capacity to understand because they're blinded by their own ego, their own resentments, their own hatred, uh, you know, and, and all the rest of that stuff. To, they don't even they don't even care whether they're right or not at, the, at at that point. They just they just want to win, you know. They 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 want to be right even if they're not. So you know when ignorance is yelling at you, intelligence is silent your peace and your quiet are worth more than that stress and the bible actually takes it and it puts it another way if you turn to matthew chapter 7 verse 6 so in matthew chapter 7 verse 6 the bible says do not give dogs what is sacred do not throw your pearls to pigs if you do they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces see jesus jesus is saying that we should not entrust those holy things to people who don't even want to listen in the first place because all they want to do is tear these things apart yes we need to speak up but we also need to know when to just shut our mouths and be quiet. See, when people aren't ready to hear the truth, they're not going to listen no matter what you say and no matter what you do. See, this is the same reason why I don't get ca- caught up um, you know, in, in the petty stuff you know, online like on social media. You know, you go and you post something and they're like, oh, well, your Bible this and your Bible that. Well, you know, or how do you explain this and how do you explain that and why this was removed or whatever, you know. Um, they're, they're not looking for the truth. They're not. What they're looking for is that chaos. They're, you know, they're, they're just looking to tear something down to make them feel better about themselves because you know they're 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 very bitter they're very unhappy you know or they they have a an improper outlook but again they're not ready to hear the truth yet and they're not actually going to listen to what you say or do they're just looking for something to tear apart all right um so i i digress um you know little rabbit trail there continuing on here second john verse seven <coughs> so flip back second john verse seven the bible says I say this because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Man, that's pretty harsh. You know, they're, they're saying that, you know, they are the antichrist, they are the devil. You know, it's like, whoa. You know, earlier I mentioned that false teachers you know they proclaim you know their love of god or their faith in god you know or whatever but then they would turn around and in the same breath they would deny jesus they would deny jesus you know and, and 
when you actually study back and you look at it, this came from a, a belief that was really big at that time, especially, um, you know, but it was the belief that the spirit was good, but matter or, you know, the physical was evil. <clears throat> and, and, and by that reasoning, if Jesus was in the, you know, the physical form, then he couldn't have been both God and man. That was their argument. You know, the influence of the world and, well, let's face it, you know, Satan, because Satan is who influences the world, you know, uh, he he had worked, you know, the, this this view, you know, in of the world into them and, and, you know, corrupted their view. You know, today's no different. We see false teachers and they'll take the Bible, and then they will try their best to distort it, you know. And and, and again, it's the whole well, you know, it, it says this, but that's not really what it means, you know, uh, which which is nonsense, you know. Or it was well, I was taught by this person, or you know, this is what my daddy said, and you know, this is how he taught it, you know. So it, it must be true, and they lock in on these things, um, you know. Another court, you know, it's just another case of the blind leading the blind to hell through ignorance, uh, you know. And this is why I say. Don't just take my word. Read it, um, you know, for yourself. Uh, and, and we see so many false teachers out there today, you know, that, that it actually hurts the church because non-believers and those who are weak in their faith, you know, or, you know, in their understanding, they see and they hear these people and their teachings and, and they think it's the reality when really it's not. You know, the, the, these people, Deceivers, they go out and, you know, they can look the part, they can sound the part, but underneath it all, they're just con men. They're, they're, they're salesmen in the business of selling a snake oil. You know, they're, they're really trying to, to, to sell the church, you know, and, you know, um, I'm not going to go down the rabbit trail. I'm going to stay on task here. Um, when you look at this verse, it, it uses the term deceivers, which when you go back and you look at the translation, it can also be translated as imposters. The implication of leading someone else astray. And one of the greatest dangers of these people is that they seem so believable. They really do. They're very charismatic. They're very charming. So it makes it very hard to recognize them for what they truly are. And even... You know, when you start to question them, you know, they, they have a way of spinning things where you might even find that you're starting to question yourself. You know, um, like I said, you know, they'll they'll dress a certain way and use a certain vernacular. So they sound the part, you know, the little the churchy words, which is, you know, that's why I try to break things down and not use like the, that little, you know, that 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 jargon. I try to make break it down easy for everybody. Uh, because it is, you know, they're like, oh, well, you have to dress a certain way. You have to address people a certain way. And, you know, and, and it's a show. It, it is a big show. However, off stage, they are a totally different animal. You know, on stage, it, it's a show. It is a show. This is the image that they want you to see. And, and I'll tell you, they're going to get mighty upset if their production is not running smoothly. But once you get them off stage and they're starting to feel safe and they're back in that comfort zone and, you know, you've gotten to take some time to, to get to know them, you'll see that their demeanor changes. You know, they'll, they'll, they talk trash. 
You know, these these are those people, and and they're out there. You can find them. You can find stories about them all. You know, a lot of people who you know just felt wronged, you know, by by the quote unquote church because these are the same people who start cussing and calling names and throwing stuff across the room and all that. Um, you spend enough time around these people off stage, you start to recognize things. You start to see the difference. You start to recognize that these are con men, and you know, and these con men, they take great pride. Like great, just absolute great pride in the fact that they can talk people into positions that they don't really want to go into in the first place. You know, uh, I, I've actually heard, you know, uh, th- there's pastors out there, you know, and I, I use that term loosely, but, you know, these con men who are like, oh, well, I have a degree in this and, you know, I'm really good at you know, talking people into these positions that they wouldn't normally find themselves in, you know, or wouldn't really, don't want to, but, you know, I'm able to, to get them where I need them and everything. They just take great pride in that. Like, you know, it's like, that's not something to be proud of, you know, and, and when you call them out on these things, they they go on the defense really quick. They're very quick to anger. And, and, and it's because they can't risk losing control. They don't want to lose control of their "quote unquote" flock. They don't want to lose control of their image, or you know, and in, and in church speak, you know, they don't want to introduce fire to the con- the congregation. You know, it's it's about them and their bottom line, not God. You know, and, and not only that, but it, here, here's another red flag for you: they'll actually build up a cadre of yes men, you know, just absolutely weak people. To try to protect themselves as well. So if you're in a place of worship and you find that their their board of trustees is just really weak, like I said that's a red flag. That you know, hey, I should probably uh, be looking at that exit and looking for a, a more godly place. You know, I could go on at length at that, but at at the, at the same time, we also don't want to to we don't want to become paranoid. We just we need to be on the alert and we need to be paying attention for these things. All right. So um, join me now. We're going to go in. We're going to go back into our reading here. So Second John uh, verses eight through nine, and, and the Bible says, "Watch out that you do not lose what we." Some transcripts may say you. That's fine. Um, watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue. In the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. You see, we need to remember it's not about us. Life, it's not about us. We get so caught up in it, we like to think it is, but life is not about us. And, and to be rewarded fully, you know, what it's talking about here. It's not talking about salvation. It's talking about living for God, doing everything for God. You know, it's like I said, it's it's on us to point the way to Him and to His light. You know, to you know to to let His truth to shine His truth into the world to show His truth out there to to spread the gospel. You know, um, those those people you know that are out there and they live those those selfish lives. You know, and those who teach false doctrine, they they're not going to find the reward because they're condemning themselves to hell. Uh, Matthew chapter seven, 
verses 21 through 23. Uh, so Matthew 7, uh, verses 21 through 23, the Bible says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that Lord, or, or excuse me, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, evildoers. See, again, you can talk the talk, but that's all it is. Just sitting there bumping those gums. Jesus doesn't want us to just sit there and talk. He wants us to walk the walk. It's you can't you know you can sit there and say you love Jesus. But you know what what does that do? What does that accomplish? Nothing. What you need to do is show the world who he is. See, you know and it's just like false teachers. You can memorize all the scripture you want. You can memorize all of it. You can memorize the book from Genesis to Revelations. And it doesn't mean a thing if you are not living it. You have to be living it. See, this isn't a test that you could cram for. You, you, you know, it's a, you, you have to accept it. It's either you're all in or you're all out. You know, you, you either believe or you don't. This isn't something that you get to decide once you're, you're dead. Because uh, at that point, it's too late. You have to decide now. All right, so let, let's finish our reading. Second uh, John, we're going to go in here and finish up uh, verses 10 through 13. Uh, the Bible says, If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your sister, who was chosen by God, send their greetings. All right, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go over this here real quick. And obviously, you know, he, he, he wraps this up in a nice pretty bow like he always does, you know, and says, hey, we got a lot to talk about. Hope to see you soon, basically, right? Um, see, what's going on here is John is telling believers not to be hospitable to false teachers. Not only that, but not to do anything that would even encourage them. You know, so the Bible, it breaks it down very simple for us. Don't condone this behavior. Don't do it. You see, just the simple act of letting one of these people stay in your home is the same as saying that you approve of them. That you approve of them. So we can't support them in any way, shape, or form. You know, this isn't putting down the hospitality of non-believers, but just the deceivers. You know, remember we talked about hospitality and what's appropriate for believers a couple weeks ago when we were reading 3 John. Okay, now um, this is simply talking about those false teachers that are out there. And there's many ways that we let them in that we shouldn't. You know, I, you know, uh, even just listening to them on the radio or, you know, uh, YouTube or whatever other streaming service and everything, you're like, well, they do say some good stuff. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's 
zero percent you know uh, if they're telling a lie that's zero percent truth or 99.9 percent truth if there has any bit of a lie in there it is a lie period it's corrupted so get rid of it don't even risk you know not not let or, you know don't risk having it filtered improperly just get it out now i know that there's some out there that are like what really who are they hurting come on seriously look there are so many false teachers out there that it's gotten really easy to take them lightly and we shouldn't. We shouldn't. I'm here. I'm telling you, it, this is serious business. It, it, even if they have just one follower, that's one too many. Because these people are dangerous tools of the enemy, and we can't afford to get let them have any more ground than they already have. We need to be taking ground from them. You know, losing one person to these people is one too many. You know, and, and, and it's not. It's not easy. Matter of fact, the vast majority of the time, you know, this is a case of easier said than done. Even in a house of worship, you know, these these snakes, they get in the door. So if you're going to one of these places and you're, you're seeing something's wrong, so you try to speak up and you're not allowed to call out or rebuke that heresy that's being spoken. You need to leave and find a godly place of worship. You know, yes, it hurts. It, it 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 sucks when you have to leave people. Let's face it; you can grow closer to to your church family than others because you're you're in a place that actually empowers that. And, and and you know, there's going to be good people there, but you still need to leave. When you get a false teacher, and you have a board that allows it, they take away any footing that you have to combat it. The the you know the that that. That fire is already, you know, that virus is already infecting things. And, and you need to get away from it. That's your indicator. It's time to go. Get your bug out bag. Peace. You know. Um, places of worship, they die because they become worldly instead of godly. Let me repeat that. Places of worship die because they become worldly instead of being godly. So leave and pray. Pray. You, you, you need to pray. You need to pray over those people. You need to pray for a change. You need to pray for God to, to get in there and take care of business. You know, don't be the one. You don't, you don't even want to risk having that image of tolerance when you know something is wrong and God isn't being honored. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Look to God. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's going to guide you to where you need to be. Your obedience to him is more important. So be true to God. Keep your faith. God bless. I want to thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or would like to know more about our ministry, you can find us on our website at BeTheLightSanctuary.org or on Facebook at BeTheLightSanctuary. We'll catch you next time. God bless.